You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, May 5th, Revenge of the 5th. Some of you Star Wars fans might say. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, or Off the Bench Baseball, or my more entertainment pop culture stuff at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Blade Disgusting, Film Cred, and many more, and hopefully many more to come, both for pop culture and baseball, because your boy likes to have both, ladies and gentlemen. But of this here Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. You can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres on Twitter, or or you can follow my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and feel so inclined, only though, only if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to get back to you, and maybe even get back to you on the show I've been talking about for, for for like a week now that if you go and send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app and you write a question in the little review description section, I will guaranteed answer it. That's right. Mr. Smiley Moth, who reviewed the podcast that had a little question. Don't worry. I will be talking about your question at some point. It's a really good question, too. So going to be waiting on that a little bit longer from you guys. Last thing I want to mention before we start today's show is that if you're the type of person that gets giddy and excited and all nerdy about all them prospects and single, double, and triple A, well, we have the podcast for you guys, Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice and a good friend of mine, Aram Layton. It is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts. And now, guys... For today's episode, going to be recapping last night's snooze fest, let me tell you, uh, of a Padres game. And then going to be talking about Denelson Lament and Eric Hosmer, two guys that I feel like have are having troubling developments uh, for their 2021 season right now. And then at the end, just talking about baseball offense in general uh, and how I, I have some takes on the whole offensive woes of not just the Padres, but baseball in general. So let's get started, guys, because not much happened in last night's game. Uh, the Padres lost by a score of 2-1. to one. That's right. Mr. Mitch Keller, starting pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, made him just look like a god, let me tell you. I mean, not a total god, but he goes five and two-thirds innings in this one, only allowing two hits, walking two and striking out five, no runs. Uh, very unfortunate. The only run that the Padres score in this game is thanks to the iconic wonder, Mr. Austin Nola, who I talked about a little bit yesterday, singling and allowing Will Myers to score in the bottom of the seventh. Unfortunately, Hassan Kim and then Tatis, who had the night off, which I was obviously fine with, especially with the me having heart attacks every time I see him play, thinking about that shoulder uh, at pinch here. He's a- unable to um, bring in the tying run. And basically from that, that's literally the, the, I honestly just subbed up last night's game. I, I honestly did. I basically explained everything that happened last night. The Padres only had four hits, one coming from the aforementioned Mr. Aaron Nola, one coming from Trent Grisham, another coming from Myers, Jake Cronworth. 
just just bad stuff, man. Just bad stuff. Lament was the starting pitcher for the Padres coming off the uh, IL, the injured list. I, I almost said disabled list. I, I almost made like a side bet with myself heading into this season. How many times would I say disabled list instead of injured list? Like, so far, haven't said it too many times. But anyway, guys, uh, he goes two innings in this game, giving up four hits, walking none, striking out none, no runs allowed. So... In the traditional sense, he was fine. In the traditional sense, he was fine. Ryan Weathers is the one who does the heavy lifting for most of the game. After Lament leaves after two innings, Weathers comes in, goes three innings, giving up a run on four hits, walking none and striking out one. He didn't look uh, incredible, but also he's another one who is coming off of the injured list. So uh, I was just happy to see him back. Same thing for Lament to an extent. And we're going to talk about Lament in the next segment, don't you worry, because I have some thoughts on that. But... You know, the Padres just couldn't score here. And, yeah, sure, Keone Kella gives up gives up a run as well as Weathers. But I just can't can't blame the guys. I mean, the Padres just did score. And that's kind of been the case with them for a while now. Just to update on where they are, uh, kind of across baseball, where they rank among, like, like, their offense, where it ranks and whatnot. Batting average, they're 18th on base percentage. They fall into 13th on base percentage just a little bit ago. Honestly, it might have been yesterday. No, it can't be yesterday. It was probably from over the weekend. Uh, there was something like seventh in the league. So, first of all, that shows you how much things are going to quickly change because just since there hasn't been that many games played, offensive numbers can go up and down. Your rankings can go up and down really quickly. Runs, they're 21st. Home runs, they're 24th. And most depressingly, just their slugging percentage is 28th. No extra base hits at all. Obviously, pitching is great. First in ERA, first in batting average against, and second in whip. But, um... Yeah, it's basically been the story of the Padres so far is just elite, awesome, awesome, awesome pitching. And I'm really excited for today's game because you Darvish is going, who has been absolutely phenomenal. And I'm hoping that they can pull out a series win here because it'd be nice. I know that we're wanting sweeps. I get it. I know we want sweeps. And yesterday, by the way, funny, funny little story. I'll, I'll tell you. I was watching the game with my mom uh, downstairs in the living room. Because it was the end of the game and whatnot. I just figured we would hang out because that's what we do. And Austin Nola, she was, because it's like 1 o'clock for me. You guys know I'm on the East Coast. So it's like 1.20, I believe, is what, what time it is. And my mom was like, oh, my God, if this goes to extra innings, I swear. And then Austin Nola's up, and he gets really good contact on the ball. I just look at my mom the whole time. I do the, as the ball flies through the air, I do, like, the glancing back and forth. Like, just staring there. I'm not even freaking out yet. And, of Unfortunately, right at the wall, the catch is made. Almost a home run to tie the game. That would have been nuts. Um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's really great to have Nola back. But it's it was just an unfortunate game. It's one you try to forget. And I know Padres Twitter is freaking out and all that, as always, in a fun way. I must say, I love I love the memes. I, at some point, I'm just going to do a shout-out of my favorite accounts on Padres Twitter. I think that'll be something I do, like, maybe mid-season or something like that. Also, I want to address something really quickly. There was someone who responded, speaking of Padres Twitter, there was someone who responded to yesterday's episode saying um, that they were upset, saying that I talked about the Chargers and whatnot on a Padres podcast. And I just want to talk about that really quickly. This isn't the first time that I've gotten this complaint. Um, but I, And the first time I actually thought was overall somewhat fair. Uh, by somewhat, I mean like maybe 20% fair because in fairness, I did just have someone from Locked On Chargers to do cross promotion just in case there are people who don't know why i was interested in having the chargers guy on i don't know if you guys knew this but there's no uh, other professional sports teams uh in san diego right now that i could talk to from locked on network but uh, i understood that because they're chargers and that's kind of a 
a sore spot for a lot of people. I get it. Um, but this recent one, it was, I felt like people were missing the point. So if you guys were annoyed by yesterday's episode, in which I touched on the Chargers a little bit, just because the NFL draft had just happened, um, and I was talking with Ben about how similar to baseball, it's very foolish to project. And something that happened in in football was Justin Herbert turned out to be great, despite literally all evidence being suggesting that he wouldn't turn out great, just to emphasize that it happens across all sports. That's the only point I was trying to make. So uh, I I assume it was like more of a vocal minority thing, but I just felt like I should address that really quickly and talk about, you know, sometimes, guys, I, I, I make some cross-references in sports. Uh, I'll try not to bring up the Chargers as much. I, I genuinely do. But um, when I think that it's fitting, it's a team that I know. And I felt like it fit in this situation, a situation that was talking about how very silly it can be judging and predicting sports uh, in such small sample size and draft prospects and all that. Um, go listen to that episode if you haven't already. And if you hate me, then you can still message me and whatnot. I'm all for it. I love hearing your guys' feedback, regardless of what it is. But anyway, now, guys, before we get into more of this podcast, I need to talk to you about the iconic, the sensational, best protein bars on the planet, the Built Bars, ladies and gentlemen. Covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. There's something for everyone, too, which is what I like. Great variety of flavors. Double chocolate, cherry, raspberry, coconut, whatever. And they always come out with these limited time flavors, too, which is always really fun. So be on the lookout for those. If you haven't tried, like, all the flavors, make sure to get, like, a mixed box to see which ones you like. You'll get two of each uh, of the flavors. It's really great. And like I said, they're protein bars, so that means they are healthy for you. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. So, guys, order today and get that raspberry, even mint brownie, which I typically am not a big fan of mint brownie flavors, but I like their mint brownie built bar. Maybe you can make for a good gift for Mother's Day. Who knows? Who knows? It might be a good gift for Mother's Day, guys. But go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. And guess what? You'll get 15% off your first order. Man, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And now, guys, let's talk to you about 1010 a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. That's right, 10 rings designed by 10 distinctive designers. See where they got the name from? Uh, So using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. They're ideal for engagement the aforementioned Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, or just a gift, whatever the heck you want, man. They're great. They're they're the perfect way to bring uh, joy into someone's life, guys. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BloomNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and it's fairly priced, so you can give uh, something special to someone special uh, that will be really meaningful and what have you. Uh, I checked them out, guys, and I talked about it with a couple of the other Lockdown hosts, and we all had a different kind of favorite, but we love the way that Aurora Lopez Mejia, her design, it's amazing the way the word love is stamped into the gold. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that your special someone will treasure forever, or just your friend, whatever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, though, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. 
And now, guys, that's it. That's it for the little old ad breaks. I want to talk to you guys about two troubling things with the Padres. And it's it doesn't, in a vacuum, last night's loss does not matter. I, I don't really care. But let's talk about the big headline news of last night, which was the return of Sir Denelson Lemets of top five Cy Young finish last year in 2020. And, well, like I alluded to, four hits, two innings, no walks, no strikeouts. No walks is good. The control looked fine. But, as was being discussed a lot on Padres Twitter yesterday, Lamette did not look exactly like himself. The first outing that he had back on April 21st against the Brewers, in which he went two innings, uh, allowing one hit, walking one, and striking out four, where the slider looked in good command. Uh, his velocity was still good, 94 to 97 miles per hour. It wasn't like full, full limit, but it was it was certainly like like he wasn't throwing that 100, you know, 99 to 100 mile per hour heat necessarily. But he was he was showing his good stuff, and he looked great. Like I said, the four strikeouts were impressive, even if it was a Brewers lineup that is easy to exploit. I guess is the the way to put it nicely, especially with all the injuries they'd had at the time. But tonight. His fastball velocity in the second inning was 91 miles per hour at times, capped off at 94 miles per hour. That's concerning. And while I've spent time, uh, you know, excoriating Padres fans and fan bases in general for overreacting to small sample sizes, this isn't that. Do I care that we lost last night? No, not really. I, I, I mean, I care, but it's not uh, the big story. And what I was talking about was when, when Lamette first got hurt, my thing with the Padres, I really my disgust that last week when I had my rant was not with how they'd been playing necessarily. It's been how this same trend keeps happening with injuries and stuff, and Lamette being taken out with forearm tightness despite all the rehab work allegedly, you know, having him having to be taken out of the second inning when that was not the plan was was really bad. The good news about last night, if there's any silver lining, is that he was expected to come out anyway. It was planned that he would have an early exit, meaning, thank God, they actually knew, like, we got to, you know, monitor this guy. But bottom line is this. You better hope that, ah, I don't don't even know what to say that you should hope for. Because the Padres, you know, you already lose Adrian Morajon for the year with an ACL surgery. And with Lamette, it's really reached the point where no matter what they say, I don't really know what what to think of Denelson Lamette. The way they push things out there, the way they're so cagey about injuries... I mean, think about it. It was not too long ago that they came out and was like, yeah, no no limits. Then lasted two innings. Then lasted two innings. It, there's a reason, guys, why, say, in your fantasy baseball draft, Lamette wasn't one of those guys being taken in the last rounds because his health was such an issue. He was still being taken in, like, the seventh, eighth rounds, something around there, like, overall pick in the hundreds, which is pretty high considering that We don't even know what's going to happen with him. We don't even know if he's going to pitch. He might be done for the year. We don't know. And that's what's so frustrating is we just have no idea what to expect from Lamette. We'll wait to see if there's an update. We'll wait to see if he makes his next scheduled start. But this is the type of story, guys, where just be prepared for anything. Uh, Seriously, be prepared for anything. Be prepared that maybe, best case scenario, he can pitch this year, but he's just not going to be as good because the velocity is going to be down. I don't know because then if the velocity is going to be down, you'd think that they'd opt for you know, taking care of this injury, whether it be surgery or whatever the heck he needs. Uh, I'm just saying, don't be super negative and assuming that he's done and that he's going to be gone for three years or whatever the heck. But also, just keep your expectations in check because clearly Lamette is not wasn't looking like himself last night. I don't know if it was just him testing out the arm. I don't know if it was them saying, we don't want you throwing particularly hard. But either way, he wasn't throwing hard. 
That's the end result. He was not throwing hard, not throwing at 100%. So we'll have to see how this pans out. We could get an update later today uh, after I finish recording this podcast or tomorrow or we might have we'll, – we'll get it in a week. I don't. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's really frustrating. And also, guys, let me quickly uh, just talk about Eric Hosmer really quickly. And you might be wondering why he's someone that I'm concerned about. Because after all, his his numbers look pretty good. He's batting 288 on the season with a 360 on base, which is especially exciting. The last time his on-base percentage was that high was back in 2015 with the Royals when he had a 363 on-base percentage. Uh, OPS at 774. Slugging is, is not awesome at 414. You might be wondering, what am I worried about? He's also been like the most consistent uh, Padre when it comes to driving in runs. Like He's been one of the only ones that has been able to do that. Well, the reason I'm concerned is because of all the other metrics. I'm not necessarily saying he's getting extraordinarily lucky, although he is batting 312 on um, balls in play, otherwise known as BABIP, which is just a tad high. I don't know what the league average is right now uh, off the top of my head, but it's not that. It's more that when you look at a stat cast metrics, barrel percentage is at 9%. Okay, that's not good. He's not making good contact. And honestly, it's one of those things. You don't even have to look at StatCast to tell that. Just watch the games. It never feels like he's making like really crisp contact. Manny Machado with that three-run triple that he had over the weekend, that was more like hard contact. And Manny Machado isn't even playing very well right now. He went over for four yesterday. He might be due for a day off, by the way. Um, it's, it's just watch him. He's not making good contact on the ball, but he's managing to get base hits. And a lot of them have been those little winky-dink bouncers up the middle. So he might be getting a bit lucky. And on top of that, guys, on top of that, alluding to the fact that he's hitting all these you know, up-the-middle type bouncers um, for base hits, currently on the year, his ground ball percentage is 60%. 60%. Let's put that in context. Last year, his ground ball percentage was 47%. His fly ball percentage compared to last year is also down. This year it's at 8%, an astoundingly low 8%. Well, last year it was 17%. Uh, most of his career, it's at least at minimum been 13%, even at his worst. And in 2019, his ground ball percentage was 56%. It's even higher than his, his 2019. In 2018, it was 61, then 56, 59, 53. It's basically been the story for most of Eric Hosmer's career. But when you look at last year and... I do think it's fair to sort of bring this up right now is that last year, the whole launch angle stuff was real. I mean, last year, his line drive percentage, for example, just another stat to throw out there was 30%. This year, it's 26. So just I'm wondering. And here's the thing, because I just I just mentioned how his fly, his, his, uh, fly ball percentage is down dramatically, right? It's below 10%. That might mean there's some regression to be expecting that he's going to start launching the ball upwards. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that is what this means. I'm just saying right now I'm concerned and that just looking at his basic slash line would have you believe that Eric Hosmer has been absolutely awesome this year. And I'm just a little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried that old Eric Hosmer may be coming back. And especially since this is a guy who throughout the course of his career, I'll just bring up the standard numbers. Throughout the course of his career, he's been the epitome of every other year guy. And it's frustrating as hell. Literally starting from his his rookie year. I mean, his rookie year he batted 293. Then the year after that, 232. Then the year after that, in 2013, he rebounds with a 302 average. Then the next year he goes 270 and then 318 on base. And then the year after that he goes 297, 363 on base. And then after that it's 260. So he's basically been the epitome of every other year, and it's frustrating. So I'm wondering, was last year the year that showed some good signs, and now he's just going to revert back to being 
uh, not so great. I know the batting average and on-base looks great, but think about it. His on-base percentage has never been this high uh, while he's been with the Padres, really. The highest it's ever been was 385 that last year with the Royals. So I'm just saying... I'm, I'm a little bit worried about Hosmer. Maybe there's some regression to be expected in the positive and that he's going to start launching some balls out of the park, going to start hitting for better slugging. And he's not the only person, as I talked about earlier, with the team's low slugging percentage that isn't hitting well right now uh, for extra base hits. I'm just saying, it should be brought up. And now, guys, before we talk about my last thing that has to do with some offense and my take on that, I want to talk to you about betonline.ag ladies and gentlemen it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action baseball season is of course in full swing and you can track all the action at betonline get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including major league baseball obviously the nba nhl and all your ufc mma mixed martial arts action they've got it all and before the next pitch head over to betonline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign-up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right now, guys, we are back. And we're finishing up the pod. Finishing up the pod today, I just talked about Eric Hosmer and Lamette, just some bad, um, troubling signs. But now I want to talk about, in general, baseball. And what I mean by that is talk about how it's been talked about. You guys know this. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably are familiar with it. But the offense is down in basically all the numbers that matter, or at least the most basic numbers. Through So far, through the amount of games that have been played this year, 233 batting average. This is heading into yesterday, by the way. Maybe to adjust it a little bit after yesterday's games, especially with that Giants Rockies kind of roller coaster uh, doubleheader uh, from yesterday. That was awesome. I can't wait till we go to Coors. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, 233 batting average across ba- uh, baseball right now, 310 on base, and a 393 slugging percentage. Compare that to previous years 242, 321, 417 for batting average, on base percentage, and slugging, respectively. And that was in 2020. Year before that, 246, 322, 422. Year before that, 244, 319, 400. Year before that, 248, 320, 408. Year before that, 250, 319, 405. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, as compared to last year, batting average, guys are just not getting on base. Nine percentage points lower when it comes to batting average uh, from last year uh, compared to this year. It's down across baseball. And what I want to just mention is, one, number one, this could be a sign that maybe we shouldn't be getting only mad at the Padres. There are a lot of teams that were projected to be good this year that haven't started off really great on offense. Whether it be the Dodgers, obviously the Padres, or the Yankees. Those are three teams that are supposed to be expected to have high-powered offenses that haven't really necessarily been doing that. The Twins have been a bit up and down. We're not the only team that's been struggling on offense is basically what I'm trying to say. But I also want to mention that I'm a little annoyed with baseball. And the reason I'm annoyed with baseball is because this is just a signaling of, it's almost like baseball doesn't know what it wants. It's almost like that, guys. It's almost like they don't know what they want. And it's just really frustrating because you have that report that came out from a couple weeks ago that they were thinking about moving the mound backwards. Of course, everybody, I think rightfully, was appalled by this. They were like, what are you doing? Why? What kind of dumb idea is this? And my thing is, is baseball also looking at these numbers and panicking about the lack of offense? Because Major League Baseball, you deaden the ball. 
You know what I'm saying? It's a dead-end ball this year. So what do you want? You can't dead-end the ball and then be annoyed that the offense is dissipating. But then, oh, we'll change the mound. The mound has to be moved backwards. What exactly do you want? This is the same league that also won't allow the DH because they want expanded playoffs. Obviously, there's an ulterior motive in there, but they won't allow the DH. That would allow for some offense. But no, instead, you deaden the ball. You haven't addressed the shift situation, which, for the record, I'm just going to make it clear. I'm, I think I'm against the shift, but it's a hard or it's a soft no on banning the DH just because I do think you should reward guys that are able to hit the ball different parts of the field. I think that makes you a better hitter and just instead of only pulling everything. But at the same time, for the sake of survival for the sport, you would think let's just have more offense and get rid of the shift uh, and prolong guys' careers a little bit more. And that's kind of the situation across all sports. And I do feel bad because I understand there are pitchers who are like, this is great. All of us are performing better. Hey, batters, actually try and perform better. Be more exceptional. Don't make it that anybody can hit 30 home runs a year. You know what I'm saying? I get that perspective. But bottom line is baseball, this is where all sports leagues head. Don't worry. I won't talk about the Chargers, guys. I'm just saying in football, they legislate out defense with everything they do. The no helmet to helmet, stuff like that. That weird rule that resulted in a crap ton of penalties. Pass interference being called more. All this stuff, right? The knee hits, all those things trying to, you know, appeal more to the offensive side of the game because people want offense. In basketball, you know, the upsurge in three-point attempts. I mean, it's amazing. If you guys, I don't know if you guys checked out Uncut Gems that came out uh, now. Oh, my God. Was that more than, is that two years ago now? Oh, God, I don't don't even want to think about that. Um, When that movie came out, you know, one of the funny things is that it it stars Kevin Garnett. It's in the game, and it uses actual footage of his games, and it's like a game ending in a score of 82 to to 76 or whatever. And it's like, oh, my God, remember when games ended like that? Nowadays, that's the halftime score. So across all sports, offense is being encouraged more. They're legislating out defense. And to an extent, I get it. Like, you kind of need that. That's why I f- what I find so funny about baseball is that they almost don't know where to go, despite being the sport that's on the decline and losing relevance. I know that the ratings have been up this year. I'm just saying, in general, it's the least relevant sport out of the major big three uh, in the United States of America. And for you to be wondering whether or not you want to go offense or not, you'd think that baseball would be the league that's like, screw it, no, no, no. We're making everything appeal to hitters. You would think they would do that. But no, haven't addressed the shift situation. They're deadening the ball for this year. And they, you know, haven't allowed the DH in the National League. So that's what's really so frustrating. So again, I would just take into account that baseball offense is down across the board. So maybe it's not just the Padres, woe is me, that our team isn't hitting. But in general, every team seems to be messing up right now. I know some of the teams are going to get it going. I imagine the Padres will. Manny Machado is not going to stay cold for longer. But I'm just saying, it's been rough so far. Your Slam Diego Padres, not doing well. You know, hitting 143 with a 381 OPS with the bases loaded. That's a 5 WRC plus if you guys want to use that number as well. They've been very bad. But I'm hoping that they can rebound. But I just want my takeaway from this last segment. My point is, I wonder what you guys think as well. Feel free to hit me up. What exactly is going on in baseball? What is their What is their end goal? Like, they need to figure out what they want. Whether it's more pitching or not, I think more pitching is, is wrong, unfortunately. I hate to say it, but unfortunately, more defense and pitching probably isn't what people want just for a sport that is, is you know, losing relevancy by the day and needs to be more exciting. 
But then again, they seem to be uh, undecided on whether or not they want to curtail more offense. So that's really my take on that, guys. Slow start for baseball in general. And for all my, my advice, for all you fantasy baseball players out there, try trading for batters right now. If you have a surplus of pitching, we might be it might be reverting back to what it was uh, years ago where you really wanted to get um, a lot of bats in your category in rotisserie leagues because you knew there weren't going to be a lot of premium of them and that you could find pitching anywhere. This year, when you got t- guys like Tyler Maley, you know, even Corey Kluber had a great start the other day. Dylan Cease, two straight games looking great, just to name some back-end type of uh, starters. I'm just saying, uh, try to get your offense now is what my over-over-reaction would be based on the early going. But with that, guys, said, I want to close things out by just mentioning, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast, the legendary one, Peter Bukowski, one who is a big fan of all things exciting, uh, updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And with that all said, guys, tomorrow, probably going to be talking about tonight's game. By probably, I mean obviously. We'll be talking about last night's, or today's game. Sorry, the timing for me sometimes with this is off. Uh, We'll be talking about that. And then I'm planning on having Ben Kaspik of Lockdown Giants on the podcast again. We're going to do a more proper crossover to preview this uh, upcoming weekend series. But that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. And also, if you don't mind, send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcasts app. I would greatly appreciate that. Remember, in those five-star reviews, to write down a question, and I guarantee you I will be answering it. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care. Let's go.